This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Breakfast of champions, Skittles. Good morning. Um, I, uh, I am feeling the, uh, I don't know what we call it, the quarantine slag, quarantine wear out. I'm tired. Um, as you notice, I am not at um, Caleb's place. Bad lighting. This is my room. We're in my room, my very messy room that you can't see. Um, quarantine fatigue, that's the word I'm looking for. I have quarantine fatigue. Um, you know, so usually I have the kids this weekend and they're in the living room watching a video. I bribed them with candy if they're good. So we'll see. Um, there might be a cameo by them. Who knows? Um, today's not going to be too long because I'm tired and worn out from doing nothing and sitting around the house. Um, did go to the park yesterday with the kids and that was fun. Um, yeah, so quarantine, um, lots of different mixed information from the media. It's really strange because, you know, we're still locked down here in Minneapolis. And then I know people in Georgia are opening salons and bowling alleys, which I don't think it's... Bowling seems like a very very gross sport to be not quarantining in, you know, like bowling ball holes that everybody else sticks their finger in, not to mention shoes, sharing shoes. Um, I mean, they do have the disinfectant spray and, uh, you know, supposedly disinfectant <laughs> is the new. <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. Um, so, yeah, um, been spending just time with my kiddos and woke up this morning and was like, man, I do not have the energy to drop off the kids at their mom's, drive over to Caleb's place, <sighs> hurry up through the talk so I can go pick up the kids back up. And so I just decided I would just call this one in. I'm sure Caleb's really excited because he gets to try to figure out how to put this up as an audio file, which is usually never good. I didn't wear my earphones today because usually they rub against my jacket. Um, so today's going to be a short one, folks. So I hope you're okay with that. Um, I'm sure you all have plenty to do jigsaw puzzles and constant cleaning. I definitely need to clean the house and give the kids a bath. They went a little crazy this morning and, uh, to try, decided to try to make a fish tank. We don't have any fish nor fish tank. So. Um, as all of you know, we've probably all been spending way time on social media and, uh, I was on social media with some folks this weekend and I, I was, um, there's a, somebody had sent me a link to this, uh, to this site called North Worst, North Worst Seminary and, uh, and the link was a picture of my mom singing and it said, in times like these, we need Tammy Faye. 
And so I think my buddy was, you know, it was my buddy Tony Jones, and I think he was just trying to be encouraging and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, that's really nice. And I linked on it, and I realized it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, um, which is fine. I mean, my mom is tongue-in-cheek, you know. I mean, she's tongue-in-cheek. Um, but then I started reading some of the uh, comments, and they were a little cheeky, not the, the friendliest comments. Um, when it said, we need Tammy Faye now, one person said, uh, said uh, no one ever, meaning like no one ever said that. And so I got on there, and um, so I was like, oh, this is nice. Thanks for sharing that. I wish I wouldn't have read the comments. And then I decided to uh, just, I was bored, so I decided to make my own comments to people's comments, as sometimes we do on Twitter. And uh, to the one person I said, you know, who said, well, no, said no one ever. And then I said, actually, dot, dot, dot. And uh, then they sent a really funny mem, that mem, mem of the monkey puppet going like, and he was like, Jay Baker, son of Jim and Tammy. And, um, and at first I thought it was a real seminary. And then I realized it was kind of like a, kind of like a comedy site. And uh, then somebody else had put up a, Thing of my dad and his new wife, like video clips of them, and and so I said something to them, and then I put up another video clip of Chris Farley going. Um, that's my best impersonation of Chris Farley. Um, to one of the comments, and the weirdest thing happened though is uh, people started to reach out to me and apologize. And really kind things and kind of saw the humanity of my family and saw that I was a human being and a person. And I'll be honest with you, I've been in a lot of Twitter wars and arguments, um, which are really fruitful. Um, Not really. Um, But this one was really cool because people started to say, I'm sorry for what I said. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take this thing down. One person said they can take this thing down. The other person was like, hey, we've always, you know, never said anything bad about your mom. The, the site did. And we all just kind of had this really cool discussion about being human and about going through this kind of life together. And just some people being like, you know, sometimes you don't realize that there's people behind, you know, what you're talking about. And I guess my point is, is that it was one of those really cool moments of just people coming together, sharing grace, sharing love, and just being human beings. Like, oh, you know, maybe we went a little too far. Maybe we did this. And it was just really cool. And to the point that uh, that uh, the Northwest uh, Seminary gave me an honorary doctorate, which I guess they do. <laughs> so now you can call me Dr. Baker. Wink. I just got a text from Caleb. Caleb, I'm sorry, I can't read your text. So if you want to put a message in here and tell me what you want, I can try to do that. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a really cool moment moment because especially the one one person who put up the thing about my dad and his new wife, you know, he really like sent me like three or four t- tweets that were just like really apologetic, really kind, um, really hopeful, and I'm so used to people like. You know, with my mom being a little less judgmental, but with my dad, you know, they usually just dig their feet in. And he didn't, you know. 
And um, that's the type of grace I love. Because I love going to a place where, you, you know, we were able to laugh at each other. We were able to make jokes about it. Um, but we were also able to all kind of experience this moment of grace and this moment of just humanity. And that's just so rare nowadays, you know, because everybody wants to stick to their guns. Everybody wants to defend themselves, you know, and it's rarely that we're able to have really good conversations. And so for me, I guess what I wanted to do is say, guys, I was really encouraged by that. And if you're good at like Twitter stalking, you could probably go on my Twitter and find the conversation and see what happened there. Um, But it was really, really great. And uh, very cool moment. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because I don't have a lot of those moments when it comes to my family. You know, people either kind of love or hate. And uh, it was just nice to have that moment of shared humanity. And uh, I think that's what my, my, my work is about. And I hopefully all of our work is. I want to, one, I want to help people think. And two, I want to encourage people to have difficult conversations. Um, which is hard to do when you either discount people, write them off, block them, cancel them, um, and often even boundaries, you know, can can keep us from communicating. And I think boundaries are important, especially when we're when we deal with our mental health issues and things like that. Um, but I think it's also important to have tough conversations and. And to have a bit of grace yourself, you know, I mean, for me, it was it was the jokes. We joked with each other and and comedy is a great way to communicate with others and it disarms people. And I found that a lot in Twitter is when things get really heated or someone comes after me or, you know, demands that I denounce my dad. I had somebody else do that, you know, denounce your father and expose him for a fraud and all this stuff. And, you know, so I just kind of joked back. Obviously, didn't that one obviously didn't go anywhere fast, but. Life's too short to be bitter and angry and hurt and cut people out because we're all doing our best to live our best life. At this moment, we all think we're at the right place or we think we've got our theology kind of where it's to be or we're working on it a little bit. But, you know, so when we can come together and have these conversations, we can grow and we can change and we can become better human beings. And by this small Twitter exchange that I had this weekend, sitting at home bored, uh, went down the Twitter rabbit hole, and I came out feeling better. Like, hey, you know, we made a weird situation so much better, and we're able to laugh at ourselves, and at the same time make apologies, and just, I was able to have be graceful about it, they were graceful about it, and um, yeah, I mean, is it fun to see people, like, make fun of your folks? No. But for me, it was more rewarding to see grace in action to see forgiveness in action, to see people loving each other. So that's what I want to encourage everybody. I want to encourage you guys with that and say that I was really encouraged and it gave me a lot of hope to you know continue what I'm doing, even on the hard issues. You know, I mean, a lot of the stuff I'm trying to deal with is encourage people to not scapegoat each other. I think, you know, I, I was thinking about the, the verse in Galatians, surprise, um, you know, that there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free, that we're all one in Christ. And how divided uh, Christians are when it comes to being progressive versus conservative. 
you know, and then this idea that, um, this idea that Paul was saying we're all one. Now, Paul did rebuke Peter when he refused to uh, eat with the Gentiles and things like that. That also happens in Galatians. And so what was interesting to me is like thinking about the Paul, the apostle Paul is how important community was to him. You know, how important it was that we were a community of people in this world and outside of this world and that we did love each other and that we did include each other and that we did accept each other despite our maybe status or our different faith beliefs, you know, like Jewish Christians versus Gentile Christians, you know, felt like the Jewish Christians felt like they had this and the Gentile Christians were like, well, we only have this. Paul was constantly like, no, you guys have to come together. You need to unify, help carry each other's burdens. And that's tough work, you know. But we all talk about theology and Christianity and what's the point. And, you know, for me, the point isn't some afterlife, some, you know, getting to the Beulah land and life after death, but life before death. And I think we can learn from people like the Apostle Paul not to scapegoat one another, to learn how to disagree well, to learn how to communicate, and maybe make humanity a little bit better. You know, so I want to encourage you guys to like, don't be so quick to respond or maybe go, you know what? Maybe I could say something silly here and kind of point out the strangeness. Oh, my son needs his blankie. So I'm going to give him his blankie real quick. There you go. I'm back. Um, you know, because we're not a community of, of believers. Theology is definitely tearing us, a lot of us apart, politics even more so. And it seems like we've gotten to a point where politics have become more important than faith, more important than loving our enemies, more important than loving our neighbors. And um, by cutting out the conservative or cutting out the progressive and not willing to have conversations... There is no growth, and that's just the reality of it. If you need space, if you need, if you need, if you need um, boundaries and time, that's great, and I respect that. But I'm going to tell you what: having having boundaries or walls and things like that built all the time, you might not see a lot of change. Um, and then a lot of times we have boundaries, but then we do things like. Well, I've got boundaries and I don't like these people, so I'm going to go online and talk about these people and talk against these people. Um, and then, so they, they fight back and they go, well, why would you say this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then they go, oh, I have boundaries. I don't talk to these people. So see, when we create boundaries and we create space for ourselves, it's not fair for us to attack others I mean, we, you can do what you want, you're a human being, but I just don't think it's fair for us to say, you know, I need boundaries, I need space, and I'm going to call you all jerks and idiots and, you know, horrible people. Um, why I'm creating space, and I'm going to do this publicly, but then when you push back, I'm going to get really angry and say, oh, I don't have to do that, I'm just, I need space. You know, it's, you're not going to get that. So, I mean, I'm going to say, if you want to really give yourself time to heal and time to have these boundaries, it's probably best to also check what you're saying about the other, what you're thinking about, what you're doing. 
it's okay to have conversations. But if you're going into a public place and then saying, well, all these people are bad, you know, you can't get up. You're not, you're not doing a boundary. What you're doing is you're setting up, you're setting people up. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. You're setting yourself up to have these conversations that you already don't think you want to have. You're saying, oh, I don't want to have these conversations, but unconsciously, you do because you're online talking about how horrible those people are and then shocked when they defend themselves. You know, People are, are going to defend themselves and sometimes not in the most healthy way because we're not all healthy human beings and we all have contradictions and we all have pain and we all have hurt and we all have defense mechanisms. Um, so if you're going to draw boundaries, I guess my encouragement today or just something for you to think about is really draw boundaries you know, and draw those boundaries online too, you know? You know, if you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm drawing boundaries. I can't deal with conservatives right now, you know. And then you put up a mem, a funny mem about Trump, you know, saying what an idiot he is. And then people who are conservatives come back at you um, and then you're dealing with them. That's not a boundary. You haven't set a boundary, you know. Um, so I think what we ought to do is if we really want to set boundaries, we also have to control our mouth. We have to control our fingers and our texts and our social media because um, that's not a way to, to, to take time away, to take time off. So that's just me on my encouragement. You do what you want. Post what you want. But I will say this. If you're going to post pictures about, like, my family or you're going to post pictures about how crazy – the uh, progressives are or how crazy the conservatives are, you're probably going to end up interacting with them and hearing from them and probably not the kindest things. Um, So that's not really how you start conversation. So, I don't know. Mems, memes, I have no idea what they're called. I'm I'm old. Someone asked me, is it a mem? Is it a meme? Um, I think it means something, but, you know, you have to ask somebody who's younger than me. That's my two cents on boundaries. Um, I think we can have good conversations. Obviously, I always thought me Twitter isn't the best place, but I had a really incredible time this past weekend on Twitter and a really healing time that uh, encouraged me. And I've been telling a lot of people about like, wow, that really was awesome. Um, so, you know, just be careful out there. Take care of yourself. And if you need boundaries, you know, try to set them properly and, and don't throw out bait. And um, if you want to go out there and fight the good fight, then, uh, you know, go out there and do it. But be ready to have the conversations. And I guess one of the things I try to do is like, what am I, what is, you know, I try to think about what is my desire out of what I'm putting out? What do I desire? To, what is the reaction that I'm desiring when I put something out? Um, you know, am I desiring a, a, an argument? And there are times where I am desiring an argument or a, or a tough conversation. And I do put stuff out and go like, I don't think you're right on that. Um, and I wanted to, I, I desire to have a good conversation. Um, sometimes people don't want to have the conversation. They just want to say their two cents and put it out there. Um, and it's funny because they act shocked when you push back um, to each their own. Um, you know, but I just... We've got to think through these things of how do we want to communicate and is our ultimate goal grace, is our ultimate goal understanding, or is our ultimate goal just to spend an hour and a half arguing and debating and calling each other names? Um, from all my training with 
uh, soul force and the nonviolent stuff and reading MLK and understanding the Bible and just, you know, reading Tillich and reading Paul the Apostle and Jesus um, is that, you know, the idea is always, rec- the, 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 the source for those folks was always reconciliation, you know, or at least to be heard, um, you know, but you're not heard if you're casting names, if you're calling people names, if you're being hurtful, if you're being, you know, I understand we're angry, but, um, you know, what I try to do is when someone makes me really angry online is I try not to, to, to respond right away. Or I respond right away and then I save the comment and then look at it later to see if that's what I wanted to say. And I'll be honest with you, there's a million times where I really would have put my foot in my mouth and said some horrible things that would have been really hurtful or gotten me nowhere. And then, you know, because I took that time and held my, 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 my post or whatever, it'll, it led into better conversations and it led into better growth. And it's uh, really helped me get away from scapegoating and it's really helped me... Uh, with community and changing things. So, anyway, that's what I got for you today. Um, it's just kind of off the top of my head because honestly, I I'm tired. I've been stuck in the house all day. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to do a big Q and A right now or a conversation just because I don't know how to go through all the. Let's see if I can. I don't know if there were any questions or not. Um, Anybody get any interesting conversations on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? Facebook is the toughest for me because I, you know, people really come after me on Facebook so much so that I just usually ignore it. But here we are. But you guys, you guys are all amazing. So I'll, I'll just wait a minute and see if there's anything anybody wants to say or ask. And then otherwise we'll call it a day. I don't know how delayed this thing is either. I don't have my co-host Caleb here in the back to let me know what's going on. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, the recording. This one's not a great one, so you can skip the recording if you want. <laughs> All right, well, I don't see a lot of questions or anything, so give it one more minute or any comments or pushback. Man, if I thought I would be... Uh, you know, if you would have told me five years ago I was going to be telling people how to not argue on Instagram or Twitter, I would have laughed. I mean, I still do it. So you're, don't, you know, you can go ahead and call me out on it too if you see me because I still do it. I did it this week. I argued with a bunch of folks, you know. I'm just, I'm, I'm working progress like everybody else. Um, I'm a chicken. I avoid all those posts. That's hilarious. Um, no questions, but thanks. Mate. What's the banner on your wall? Oh, I was afraid you were going to ask that. It's a, it's an eagle over an anarchy symbol. Um, I got it from a place called Tattooed Punks. And yes, I have a bedroom of a 15-year-old. Um, but the O in anarchy stands for order. <laughs> I'm an old punk. Too old. I'm tired of evangelicals telling people to go rogue. Yeah, me too, you know. But I also still want to just, like, try to talk to these evangelicals and see if we can change them, you know. I mean, I understand 
making comments about the president, things like that. It's not like he's going to tweet us back, but, you know, just be ready for his folks to come and have conversations with you. And, you know, we have conservatives who attend revolution or who are on here watching right now. Um, that I have really great questions and conversations with, usually in DMs or um, private mail um, or, or, or texts. And, uh, you know, often I go to them and go like, hey, what do you think? This is going to be my response. What do you think about this? Or, hey, this is a conversation I'm having with someone who's writing conservatives off or is conservative. Can I get your feedback before I respond? And I think that's really interesting. But the hunger or the drive or maybe the scapegoating initiative is not prevalent anymore, perhaps. No, I, I disagree with that completely. Sorry, Angel. I'm going to have to disagree with that. I think we, I do it still. Um, those people are bad. That group is bad. Let's, if we could just fix them, everything else would be fine. And then we forget to focus on our own lack and our own lives and our own, our own stuff. Um, you know, I think one of the things I, I, I dealt with somebody who was saying that they just didn't want anything supporters anymore and I felt like can we really write a whole group of people off because we don't like their politics is it really true that there's neither Jew nor Gentile male nor free slave nor free and that we're all one in Christ or is that just bullshit you know so I think that's something that's really hard to look at someone said lead by example man I'm trying but it is tough so change is a process yeah and that's like brings up a good good thing to to say is um, that change is a process and um, I think what's great about that thing is that we often don't know where people are in their change and in their growth and in their evolution and so sometimes we need to be patient with people because I have a lot of private conversations with different pastors and people like that who are coming along who might be coming along and being affirming of LGBTQ people um, you know but they're still scared and so we're still having tough conversations but they're still coming along they're they're almost there and that's what we want to see is we want to see them come and join us you know and 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 standing up for lgbtq plus rights you know um but then i see them like some of these are big speakers and they'll go to places and they'll be protested because they haven't said anything you know and um my hope is is that that doesn't keep them from wanting to take that stand or, to, or wanting to to continue to have those conversations. So often we don't know where people are at. And uh, that's another good reason to be patient, you know, and have good conversations. All right, I'll just go two more, three more, and then we'll go. Do you believe that the majority of the country is progressive-minded? I think somewhat. Um, some of my best churches are suburb is when I post-Christian I'm worried about my friends with addictive personalities. Yeah, I know. Me too. I, and I've got an addictive personality, so I have to be very careful. Thoughts. Station goal becomes being right and not growing. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, especially when you really do feel like you're right, but you also want to see growth in that. And so sometimes what I do is I, if I'm certain that I've, I've, I've got it figured out and that I'm right, I do listen, do have the conversation, Um but I try not to like, get angry about it or try to get forceful or mean or, or name-calling because that's pretty easy to do, too. Um, and you'll see me do it sometimes. I mean, I'm still working on it. That's cool. We have lots of family who are huge Trump supporters and it doesn't change our love for them. Life is too precious. And that's true. I mean, but I also have people who, who love me back. You know what I mean? People who are Trump supporters who love me and care for me 
and are salt of the earth folks. And they all have different reasons for why they voted and what they believe. I even have some friends who, who, who now, who are conservatives who don't want to vote this time. It's, it's really interesting. Angel Horace. But if you compare it to how it was with five years ago, you're going on Twitter, etc. What drove you to go there and write? Let's see. They do. What, what goes there and write? Then do you see an evolution within you? That's what I meant. Yes, I do see an evolution within me. Um, and a lot of that has to do with people like Peter Rollins and his work, you know, and, and different things like that. And also experiencing what I went through with my own family. So, yeah, five years ago, I'd probably go to war with a lot of people. <laughs> I often did, especially with the back five, six, seven, eight years ago. It was the Calvinists just could not stand me. And there was a lot of them that came after me. And then I would go after them. And, you know, and sometimes we still have those hard arguments and, and, and big arguments. I mean, I probably, I think I said something pretty mean to a Calvinist yesterday, actually. Um, so this is not the preacher being a, a hypocrite. This is the preacher saying, this is what I'm working out in my mind. This is the goal that I'm going through. This is me trying to figure it out as well and sharing with you uh, my own experiences from this really good Twitter conversation that I had and my hope for that that even I will learn to scapegoat less because, you know, sometimes I still do. Well, thank you, everybody, for your love, your grace, and sorry I didn't have uh, more prepared today, but this quarantine is weird. It's like, you know, all this time and then you don't do anything. So I realized that all the excuses that I always made that if I only had enough time to do this, I would read a million books or start jogging or something like that wasn't true. So it's nice to see the... Uh, the lies I told myself. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope that you guys have a great week. And um, I'll be back next week with uh, from Caleb's place because Caleb gets to go home now. He's, his leg is well, but better. And he's able to kind of walk on it. So next week will be Revolution Service Live from Caleb's. Love you guys. Be good. Um, see you later. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Hi, I'm Caleb with Post-Christian Podcasting. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like The Sacred Collective. We're going out of town on a for a graduation, so we have to drive up to Bismarck. Fun, oh, fun. Is that even a place? Yeah, it is a place. Uh, is the, the I don't think it's a place. Are the Dakotas a real place? I don't know. No. Uh, can we? Can I talk about how how Minnesotan your voice is? Yeah, I'm pretty Minnesotan. I yeah, I it's it's straight up very. Min- I listen to the podcast like, whoa, he's definitely from Minnesota. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, born, tried, and true. It's funny because I yeah. have relatives in in. Kansas City, and to me, they sound like Hicks, y'all, and uh, Twain, y'all, and then they y'all go, come back right here. Yeah, and then they come up, <laughs> and then they come up here, and they make fun of us on how we talk. And I'm like, yes, we have an mm-hmm. accent. We have that northern accent. Say the word bag, 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 bag. It's bag, bag, bag. <laughs> Bagels. Bagels. Oh, bag- let, me, let me finish this. Bagel? Finish this, Michael. Duck, duck. <laughs> Oh, I know this. I, I listened to this episode. It's definitely goose, not gray duck. What the hell is gray duck? <laughs> my wife says the same thing. Well, my my wife's from South Dakota. 
my wife's from South Dakota, my mom's from Wisconsin, my dad was from South Dakota, and they're like, what What the heck is a gray duck? And I said, there are such things as gray ducks, and it does make sense that it's goose, but Minnesota... Are there really gray ducks? Probably. Are they just goose? Probably. Probably. No, probably. You, can, you can spray paint a duck any color. You can color. spray paint it, yeah. I don't but ever want to know. I have uh, no idea not. why, but Minnesota is the Ooh. only state out of all of them that will say gray duck. And if you say goose... We just rage. It's a little stupid little thing that's purely Minnesotan. It's a bit because it's so close to moose, and moose are huge in Minnesota. Meese. I don't know. Like if you if you're raised in school, like when I was in elementary school, when we played that game, if you said goose, I mean everyone would just glare at you. You'd get kicked out of the class. Like we take it seriously. Ostracized. Here. Yeah, it's duck, duck, gray duck. And my wife joked with me and was like. When we raise our daughter, if she comes home from class and says a duck, duck, gray duck, then... Hey, how about this one? Let me pitch this to you. Instead of being ostracized, you're giant duck-a-sized. Oh, my gosh. Mm, wow. A, That's kind a, of a poultry pun? I don't know. There you go. Any feedback? <laughs> Nothing? Okay. As for like me a, and my house, we will say goose. <laughs> do how it. about that? How about this? Um, uh, I- I have a very important question. What is your favorite MXPX? I'm just going to go right to it. Favorite MXPX album. Go. That was a post-Christian podcast.